angelic host, the seraphim. We just got done reading Daniel. How many of you were like, that is the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life? How did you ever keep track of all the wheels, the eyes, the movement, the wings, and all that? Suffice it to say, it's grandeur. It's beyond explanation. These seraphim aren't what you buy at the thrift store and put on your lapel and call it an angel. These are around the throne room. And even then, we're going to see this morning how they respond to their king. As we get started, I have to start here. There's this wonderful scholar friend of mine who's worked hard this morning, and I really thought that he should preach this. Pastor Michael has this definition for worship. Worship is a response. Genuine worship is the appropriate response to God's revelation. It's perfectly fitting for this sermon because we're right in Revelation. And what does Revelation mean? To unveil. To remove the veil, the revealing. So we're revealing who our king is. That's what Revelation is about. And so how do the angels respond? In worship. How do we respond when Jesus is revealed as the book of Revelation unfolds and as we encounter this God? How then do we respond? With genuine worship? And this is the perfect example that those who have spent a lot of time around the throne room, when certain things happen, they still worship. It's their response to when God's revealed. So as we move to Revelation chapter 4, verse 1, page 871. Does anybody need a Bible this morning to follow along? Page 871. <clears throat> Start in chapter 4, verse 1. Ready? After this, stop there. And so it says, chapter 4, verse 1. What does John write? What is right there? After this. What's the after this? I'm glad you asked, Sarah. The after this is Revelation 1 through 3. It was when the church, Jesus revealed himself to us. In chapter 1, what was it? Jesus, the king, has hair like white snow. He's got eyes flames of fire. His feet are like they just come out of a, uh, a furnace. He has a voice like Niagara Falls. And out of his mouth comes a two-edged sword. And his face shines like the sun when it's in full strength. So we have the unveiling of our king in chapter 1 that's like that. So what is uh, chapters 2 and 3? Jesus says, hey, I am the king. I am unveiling myself. And I literally watch over the churches. So we went through all seven churches last week. Jesus said, here is the, the praise, the indictment, and your promise. Some of you are doing pretty good. Some of you are not. Some of you need to change it or I will wipe you out. Some of you need to repent or I will come and wage war against you. But the big idea, Revelation 1, here's your king. Revelation 2 and 3, I watch over my churches. She is my bride. I have the right to rule over her. So that's why John says, after this. How many of you think if you were there, this would have been the end of the book for you? Jesus calls, meets you, reveals himself to you, and says, hey, I'm watching over my church. And this is how I do so, with this authority. How many of you would have just dropped your pen right now and said, Jesus, I'm good with that amount of information. 
I think I would have. But Jesus says, look, in Revelation 4, verses 1 through 6, after this, John says, it's not done. The story is not done. Jesus said, I have more to show you, John. And what is that? Welcome to Revelation 4. After this, I look, and behold, a door is standing open in heaven. And the, vo and the first voice, which I heard speaking to me like a trumpet, said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne stood in heaven, with one seated on the throne. And he who sat there had the appearance of jasper and carnelian, and the, around the throne was a rainbow that had the appearance of emerald. Around the throne were 24 thrones, and seated on the thrones were 24 elders clothed in white garments with golden crowns on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals and thunder, and before the throne were burning seven torches of fire, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was, as it were, a sea of glass like crystal. The king on his throne. After this, John gets brought up and says, Jesus said, I'm gonna show you what happens, what should, what will happen. And John gets to look through the keyhole into the master's chambers, into the throne room. 17 times in Revelation 4 and 5, the term throne is used. It's a big deal. It's a place of utmost authority. When you think of Jesus now, do you think of the cross or do you think of the throne? Somebody asks you, what is Jesus now? Do you wind back the clock and think of where Jesus was being crucified? Or do you think of him currently as the ruling king of the universe? Where does he sit? Quiz. Where is he? He's on his throne. And this king has the appearance of Jasper, Cornelian, Sardis. Okay, imagine all costly and precious gems cascading down in various colors through a majestic throne room. You've got reds, whites, yellows, green, purples, and oranges. And around this throne, there's a rainbow blasting lights as through gems. And from the king's throne comes flashes of lightning with their corresponding peals of thunder. Put it in your mind. Light, thunder. Have you ever been staring into the night and seen lightning? And what does it do to your eyes? Now put that lightning through the prism of costly gems. Bow! The throne room is majestic. I cannot imagine how John was trying to write this to us. But just create like you did when the kids were trying to create in the chair. An image in your mind now of brilliant light. Ephesians says it's unapproachable light. The light that is produced by lightning and the sounds of peeling th peals of thunder. And on this, in and around this throne room is all this going on. While the throne room looks pretty cool, it's not the coolest part. Now let's take a close look at what happens in this heavenly chamber. Move to Revelation 4, 5. We're going to bounce around a little bit. And we're going to look at what is happening. Revelation chapter 4, verse 5. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumbles, 
peals of thunder. And look right here. And before the throne were burning seven torches of fire, which are the seven spirits of God. The torches of fire. Revelation defines what the images are for us. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 1 through 6 is the exact same image. And your minor prophet, Zechariah, defines this as literally capital S, Spirit of God. Now, we know a lot about the Holy Spirit, right? What the Holy Spirit does for us. It convicts the world of sin. It helps us when it indwells us when we come to know Jesus. All that stuff. But we don't necessarily have, here's what the Holy Spirit looks like. Well, here it is. The seven spirits of God defined by Scripture as the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God, get this. You've got God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They're equal, but they have differing roles. Kind of like the home. Same in value, but differing roles. God the Father asked the Son to do what? Work with me here. What did God the Father ask the Son to do in ages past? Made a promise to Eve, and then he shows up at Christmas. Why? To save us, to be obedient to the Father. Jesus says himself, my purpose on the earth was to bring glory to the Father. The byproduct of that is the cross and our salvation. God says, son, here's the orders. He said, yes, sir, and he went and did it. Then Jesus says to the disciples, I got to go because I'm going to send one. I will send one. So Jesus works for the Father. Who works for Jesus? The Holy Spirit. From this point on, how in the world does the King Jesus get his work done on earth? Who obeys him to make sure it gets done? The Spirit of God. This will unfold as we go through. But I wanted to clarify this for you. These seven spirits is the Holy Spirit. So this is the active agent in the rest of the book. Who will get things done? When Jesus speaks, who jumps? The Holy Spirit. Okay? Now move with me to Revelation 4, 4. And then we'll go to 9 through 11. And around the throne there were 24 thrones... And seated on the thrones were 24 elders, clothed in white garments with golden crowns on their head. Now move to verse 9. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Worthy are you, O Lord and God. To receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by you, your will, they existed and were created. So we have the elders. So we have the seven spirits, the Holy Spirit there. Now we have these 24 elders around the throne. These 24 enthroned leaders, they're clothed in white, wearing golden crowns. Do they have any authority? They're in the throne room, they're wearing crowns. Yeah. If you get to sit in front of the king, you get the president's chief of staff. Do they have any authority? I'm going to ring a bell and everybody wake up. I'm going to interact with you this morning. 
Okay? Do they? The chief of staff is sitting around. They've been vetted. They've been given authority. If the president says, hey, Department of Justice, Department of Defense, go do with this, and they, yes, and they show up to your barracks, will you do it? Yeah. Here's 24 enthroned, golden crown-wearing elders around the king's throne room. They have authority. Now, why did we read Ezekiel 1? Those are the, what John calls the living creatures, the wheels, the seraphim from Isaiah with the six wings. And when they say, we're going to give honor and thanks to the eternal king, what is the response of the 24 elders around this throne? Yeah, good job. We agree with that. No, they bow down and worship. They cast their crown. A little insight, casting of crowns is not human. It's not a music group. Who casts crowns? The 24 elders. We sing songs that's got this messed up. We even have a group that's got this messed up. You do not have the authority like these 24 elders. Who casts their crown? the 24 elders, in full surrender to when the living creatures, as described in Ezekiel, say, this is God. They go, boom, fall down and they worship. They worship in song, laden with truth, intended to declare God's deity. This is pinpoint communication. Do you know that Pastor Michael works really hard for every song that we sing every Sunday works with the text that we're preaching and working through. All I got to do is I wish to replay the tape now and to sing all creatures of our God and King. Because the lyrics match what we're talking about. Every song that we sing has something to do with what we're preaching through, what we're interacting with God's word through. Worthy. They say, is our reigning God. Just like we sang this morning, worthy is God to receive glory and honor and power. So what do they do? If if they understand that he is worthy, then what do they do? They take their crown and give it to him. So if we don't have crowns, what do we have? You got a checkbook. You got time. What is your crown? Your status at work? The fact that you have kids that are almost obedient given any time of the day. Said no one ever. But are you willing to say, my kids, God, there's my crown. What is of extreme value to you that gives you your identity? That's what these men, that's what these elders are giving to God. Is it your talent? Is it your time? And what is it? And by doing that, you give pinpoint communication to those watching that this is God worthy of worship. Do you understand what I'm saying? Their worship of the king taught everybody around, including John and including us this morning, what in the world is happening. Does your worship of your life declare to those watching pinpoint communication of what it means to serve the king? They did. For God created all things, they say, and they sing. 
He owns creation. He owns everything in it. Because of his active current will, we exist. What am I saying? God forgets to think about you. You're gone. Colossians tells us that we exist and keep as form of matter because we have legs, because we take breath, because Jesus thinks of us. What's he, what are they singing? Because you created, you own. Because your will, we even exist. And it's for that will we then work. Revelation 4, 4, 9 through 11 is the crowned worshipers of the king. They see it. They get instructions from the four living creatures. And their response is what? Worship. Now let's move to Revelation 5. Revelation 5. You think the worship now volume is... Like at 10? No, we're going to amp it up. Revelation 5, 1 through 4. Because there's a question going to be asked. Then I saw on the right hand of him who was seated on the throne, a scroll written within and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to even look on it. And I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. Stop there. This is getting amped up because... There's a king sitting on his throne, and he's holding this scroll. And can you imagine which mighty angel this is? Bellers out. Who's worthy to open this? This is the throne room of the king. This is the collective force of the United States president. And he looks around the room and says, who's worthy to do this? What would your response be if it was a national crisis and you're sitting in that room, something bad is going to happen, and the president says, well, who can deal with this? And everybody goes, well, me. What does John respond with? There's a, he's holding a scroll. And a mighty angel calls out. He calls out not only to other angels, to humans, to men, to women, to demons, to Satan himself. What's the total number of people created, of creatures created, of anything that's ever been worthy to work, to pick up, just to hold this scroll, let alone read it? What's the total number? It's on the screen. Work with me. Zero. You've seen the grandeur of God's throne room. He said, who can take care of this? And in that grandeur, nobody... He weeps. No way. And you have to ask yourself at this moment, what is the big deal with this scroll? Little insight, it's the rest of the book of Revelation. This scroll is the rest of the book, and it's opening. It's the rest of the book. What's contained in that, throne, in that scroll? Somebody turn to Revelation 4.1. The Bible tells us, the revelation will tell you information to decode itself. 
What's the information on that scroll? The things? Anybody read it? The things that must take place. The king says, you want to know what's going to happen? It's on this scroll. So the king holds the scroll and says, you want to see what's going to happen? And what's the answer to all those things that have ever been created? You don't know. But who is the one that invited John? Revelation 4.1, Jesus. Move with me now to the one who is worthy, Revelation 5.5. 5. And one of the elders said to me, weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. Worthy is the lion. The king holds a scroll and a mighty angel yells out, who's worthy? And no one is found. John's weeping. And one of the elders, who must have been the gift of compassion and empathy, it's all right, wait till you see this. The lion shows up from the root of David. This is the king that's been revealed to you in Scripture from Genesis, especially through the life of David and Samuel. And by the way, it's promised to return as whose king? Israel's. The disciples were excited that Jesus said, I am the king because they knew it had been promised. Now the king shows up who is worthy to grab that scroll. Why would we think of this point as the lion who is worthy because of what he did? Because he fought his way to the cross. He took on Satan and life and death and hell and fought the fight. That's the image of who is here. The cross was a battle. Because Jesus, King Jesus, won the battle, he can now hold the scroll and even open it. Now worship gets cranked up even more. I would love to hear these speakers. Revelation 5. We started here. We went to here. Revelation 5. All of those speakers cranked up. Revelation 5, verses 6 through 14. Let's crank it up. And before the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain with seven horns and with seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent into all the earth. And he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp and a golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song saying, we are worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God and they shall reign on earth. And then I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders, the voices of many angels, numbering myriads upon myriads and thousands upon thousands, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth, under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying, 
to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. I just start sweating reading that. Worship incredibly intensified. We got a lamb now. The lamb. Verses 6 and 8. We have an image of a lamb who has risen with the purpose of battle and the authority to execute his orders through the Holy Spirit. The lamb who was slain now has come back to life. With what authority? All. And Jesus takes the, the, the scroll. And when he does... The 24 elders bow down, their harps in their hand, and with our pray, prayers, they hold our prayers. They got them in these bowls. When Jesus, the lamb, takes the scroll, they immediately start worshiping again. If there isn't a text that says Jesus is God, this has got to be it. Right? If there was ever going to be somebody claimed to be the president in the chief of staff meeting who wasn't, that he would have problems. Now you've got Jesus grumbling and taking from the king's hand the scroll. And what is the reaction of the elders? We're going to worship him too. So the elders bust out in song. And they declare with pinpoint accuracy what is worthy of being worshipped. What are they telling us? Jesus, who was killed on the cross, his blood is the literally the money, the ransom money that purchased us. He bought you. And he bought who? Just white people in America and Florida? Middle class people who vote Republican. Who? I can't hear y'all. Everybody. The people you don't like at work. The people who don't live like you do. Let that sink in for a second. The king purchased with his blood the ransom money and paid the debt. For who? The neighbor you can't stand. The person in church who drives you nuts week in and week out. The person you cannot forgive because they hurt you really good for the 43rd time and you kept track. The elders sing this song, declaring to us, their worship of Jesus declares to the world around them the, what it is about Jesus. John writes that down so I could tell you this morning and you can go back home to wherever that is and read it yourself. That's worship. That is a response to God. A revelation response to the revelation of Jesus is worship. And Jesus doesn't just pay it for it. Now I own you. What does he give them? What status? Now therefore be my ambassador. Go and tell people about me. And he gives them authority to reign with Jesus on earth. All of that. And that's just that first song. This is just this first phrase of the song. 
And as if that is not enough, the elders are doing their 24-part harmony, singing about Jesus. And the angels join in in verses 11 and 12 and say, worthy is the lamb, worthy is, worthy is Jesus. And they got all these words, power, wealth, wisdom, might. Jesus is worthy to receive honor, glory, and blessing. Who now is singing? Everyone that's watched God unfold his love story to a created entity called earth. They've watched God unfold his plan from since they were created. Watch Satan fall. Watch the earth go, oh my gosh, God really screwed up with that Adam and Eve stuff. Then they watched him go to earth and die and they're like, what? Well, just go tell the shepherds it'll be good. These are the same angels we've been following along through the story from Christmas till now. And what do they do? They are singing, worthy. Okay, we got it. This is the end of the, the, end of the story. Because angels aren't omniscient. They don't know everything. They've been watching. Now they sing with the in volume even louder. We're not done. Let's crank it up a little more. In 13 and 14, and I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea, and it was all that is in them. So stop there. When you sang all creatures of our God and King, were you thinking about a mouse, a bass, a deer? Who's singing? Everything. You got the elders doing their song. You got the angels kicking in, doing their bit. Now who is putting in the harmony now? Imagine the volume. And what do they say? To him who sits on the throne and to the lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. To Jesus and the king, to God the father and the son, we're going to give the same identifying praise. And like any good club, there are those people who fact check and who yells amen, which means that's true. The four living creatures from Ezekiel 1, those intimidating crazy things with all the wheels and eyes and everything. So all the creatures join in. The speaker's stack is bigger than Woodstock, bigger than when the Rolling Stones come to town or the Righteous Brothers or whatever you're into. So all creatures join in. Can you imagine the intensity of the bleeding ears of John hearing this and watching this? What is the big deal? Why are they singing all this? Because Jesus can hold the scroll. And in that scroll is the rest of the book of what must happen. Revelation 4 and 5 the appropriate response to God's revelation. Who's involved in this story? Everybody. Everything. And when I say thing, I'm also including the four living creatures. I'm talking about the seraphim. I'm talking about the 24 elders. The appropriate response to God's revelation is what? Quiz. 
worship. Church, how do you respond to your unveiled king? After been through this, if you were John, how would you have responded? Besides probably a nervous breakdown, psychosis, like, wow, that was a bad LSD trip or something. I just saw all that. No, what, what, what was John's response? Fall down like, oh. So you've got a glimpse. You look through the keyhole this morning and see what John's seen. What now is your response? Take your connection card and look and see what is it that in my life that I am going to respond to this revealed king who is worthy to hold the scroll that we're going to study for the rest of Revelation. Is it submission? Is it casting of your crown of some type? Is it actually, hey, Jesus, you're the real deal and I'm going to believe in you and actually follow you instead of giving lip service? Or is it, God, I really want to serve you. I'm not exactly sure how to do this, and I need a team to do it with me. Because guys, look at me. Do not do this thing alone. Monday morning is going to come around. Tuesday, Thursday, neighbors are going to talk. But respond this morning. What is that response? I can't define it for you. Take your connection card this morning and said, this then is that my response. This morning God revealed himself to me and therefore I fill in the blank. Let us pray.